Hey everybody, how are you? Welcome to another edition of the Complete Sports Media's podcast. I'm your host, Darren Campbell, and we're breaking it down today, breaking down the UFC Las Vegas card with our resident MMA analyst, Scott Holborn, is going to join us momentarily. Yeah, it's been ex- uh, uh, great to um, see this card and great to be able to talk to many People about this card, uh, headlined by Dustin the Diamond Poirier and Dan the Han- Hangman Hooker. Uh, wow. One of the fights um, of the year. Fights. Um, yeah, just one of the best fights I've ever seen. Just a phenomenal, phenomenal performance by both guys. They, um, they really gave us our money's worth. And uh, it's going to be so fun to talk to Scott uh, about this today. So... Uh, stay tuned. Um, glad you could join us. This is going to be a lot of fun. We've got 10 fights to break down on this card. And then there's a one-week break uh, heading into this coming weekend uh, as they head to Fight Island in Abu Dhabi for four fights in two weeks. So we're uh, really excited as uh, UFC and MMA fans. Uh, I'm sure you are too. Thanks so much for joining us. And uh, let me Bring Scott into the conversation here momentarily. Okay, yeah, I think uh, I've got Scott on the line, patching him in. Here we go. Uh, yeah, thanks a lot for joining me today, Scott. Uh, great card. We're going to get to break down today. It was an amazing weekend. Yeah, it was a great card. How are you, anyways? How are you doing, buddy? It was a gr- awesome card this weekend. Holy smokes! I'm doing. Uh, yeah. Really, yeah, I'm doing really great. Yeah, and you? How was how was your weekend all all around? It was great. It was awesome. I got I had watched the card pretty late, so I was up pretty late watching. But man, I don't know. I don't I don't know how these uh, pay per views are going to compete with these these small cards. I mean, <laughs> I know. Like every night, every there's one or two fight can fight of the year candidates, and in, in, in every one of these every one of these cards, it's it's crazy. Yeah, it has been crazy. Just uh, exciting, and yeah, you're right. Uh, we we look so forward to a lot of these um you know UFC numbered events and you know they they put title fights on and you know a, a lot of big names are on the card and sometimes they disappoint and you know a lot of these cards in Vegas these last four have just been you know phenomenal I've I've enjoyed them so much and I've actually went back and watched some of the fights two and three times and and uh, it's so fun to be able to chat about it with guys like you it's been awesome. And yeah, I mean, you can watch these fights. Like I said, I, like I was texting you earlier. I, I watched the the Hooker Poirier fight again, and I scored it differently. Yeah, tell me. You know, that. that's yeah. how close it was. And yeah. uh, but like honestly, and tons of underdogs coming out of nowhere and winning. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and and that that just makes it exciting because you know, oftentimes when it's so predictable, you know, oh man, you know, you, and then when a guy comes come from comes from behind to win, mm. you know. Like that uh, Erosa Woodson fight on the weekend. Yeah, Woodson had uh, the advantage for sure on the feet, and um, but Erosa just kept with it and got an amazing submission. All right. I mean, Wood- Woodson's going to be uh, he's going to be a, the real deal. I mean, he's a stra- strange looking guy. I mean, he's kind of uh, you know like awkward. like just all arms and all all legs, but. Uh, you know he's uh, he's the real deal. I mean that that kid is is awesome. And I mean Erosa just that maybe that's his experience. You know Erosa's you know been around forever. 
And uh, yeah, he just got in there and eventually was able to get him down and get that Darce choke. But oh man, like I mean, I don't, I don't know, I don't know if you have the the stats with you or anything, but I mean, Woodson must have outstruck him, you know, three or four to one. Yeah, but, oh, uh, definitely. Yeah, like Woodson's Woodson Woodson got four. Yeah, he's got a forty. I think he had forty nine boxing fights, forty six and three. I think he was in in boxing before he he made his move over to mixed martial arts and uh yeah and his, his hands are, are lethal amazing. yeah amazing holy cow just impressive yeah and, and I, I thought he was going to take him out on a few occasions but arosa has been this is his third shot at the ufc he's been cut twice and uh he just seemed to have that experience factor and just didn't didn't panic just seemed to know that he um he would make a mistake uh, woodson make a mistake and he'd be able to capitalize and then that Darce choke this looked crazy. It was just wrapped up into a pretzel. Nothing he could do. But <laughs> I mean, it's funny you said because Erosa wasn't even on the on the roster for the UFC. Yeah. They just need someone to because Woodson was, I think, preparing for someone else, and they needed someone to come in. And, and I think they they called Erosa on like Tuesday or Wednesday. Yeah. And he came. So not only and he was the biggest betting underdog on the card. Wow. And he came out and. And get gets him in the in the third. I love I love when they when when someone pulls off submission late late in the. And there's two like that too. The Kama Worthy versus mm-hmm. Luis Pena fight. Another another awesome fight. Just back and forth, back and forth. And Pena is again this young, you know, up and comer. What do they call him? They call him the uh, Bob Ross. Violent Bob, Bob Ross because that crazy <laughs> yeah. hair. I mean, he looked great too, but. Worthy just kept pressing and pressing and pressing and pressing and then got him with that guillotine. Holy smokes, that was awesome. Oh, yeah. I can't believe how great uh, Worthy looks uh, physically. Like, he just looks like he's so strong, so massive for that weight division. And, um, yeah, I, you know, I'm, I'm impressed with um, Pena, but uh, Worthy just, holy cow, just wouldn't wouldn't give up and, and uh, amazing submission late, like you say. And, yeah, it's great when submissions happen like that because, you know, it's it's more challenging, more difficult. You're, you're so much more tired and, uh, you know, you're sweaty, uh, easily slip out of um, moves. And, uh, yeah, but uh, two, two great late submissions. It was fun. Um, but let's, let's not get away from the main event. Let's, uh, let's break that down. I'm, I'm amazed that you said um, uh, Poirier won that first round, in your opinion, because uh, I haven't heard that from other analysts. But... Tell me what you saw that, that uh, made you think that. Well, the first, like I said, the first time I watched it, I gave rounds one and two to, to Dan Hooker. Okay. And, I mean, round two was definitely Hooker. I mean, that round two, I mean, mm. Hooker dominated that round for sure. Uh, but when the first round again, when I watched it again, it just, how much the accuracy of Dustin Poirier. I mean, he was landing everything that he threw. So, yeah, he didn't look like he was throwing as much. And also, too, it looked like Hooker was landing a lot more than he was. But watching it again, I mean, Poirier was smooth. He was, he was, he was parrying a lot, of the, a lot of the shots. He was blocking a lot of the shots. So, for me, I, I, one judge had it uh, uh, 49-46. So, okay. one judge uh, must have – I mean, I don't know which round it was, but must have given that. I mean, no, no one gave uh, Poirier the second round, I can't imagine. So, one judge had it 4-1 to one also. So. But man, did did Poirier look good? Holy oh, smoke! Night after being off for nine months to look that good and have that much accuracy in his shots. I mean, he was landing at something like a sixty-five or seventy percent landing rate, and that was that's phenomenal. 
So he didn't tire out. Yeah, you know, no, I, being, I, I being had out heard, for nine uh, months. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I had heard uh, something crazy like 76% accuracy at some point in the fight. And then they started breaking it down. And he was about, yeah, like, you know, high 60, 70%. And um, yeah, just especially because uh, Hooker had attacked that lead leg, um, you know, trying to take that away from Poirier. But, uh, you know, it just seemed like in between that second and third round, something changed with Poirier. And I think, um, he just came out totally different. That that third round really looked phenomenal. Fourth round even better, and then you know fifth round, you know both every all the analysts were saying, oh, you know, I think it's two two now. And then you know definitely Poirier won that last round. And I did oh, see sure. some of the scorecards. I did see some of the scorecards, but um, but yeah, I um, yeah, I I I definitely thought Hooker was ahead two nothing before that third round. And you know maybe if that that second round lasts another 10 seconds. Maybe hooker actually, put, you know, takes him out. Cause he, he had him in trouble and I think he hit him about 10 straight times before uh, the, the bell sounded. Oh yeah. He was in trouble for sure. I mean, you can see it at the end. Uh, he was barely, barely able to stand, but I mean, I, I don't know. I mean that maybe that's just experience with Poirier, but uh, man, man, did he look good. And I, I, he has been un- outstanding since moving up to 155. Again, not making that huge weight cut. Yeah. I mean, you look, you know, you look at the fight against Connor. I mean, Poirier looks dehydrated and thin and gaunt. And I mean, he's only, I, I, you know, he's only lost twice since moving up to 155. He had one sort of slip up against Michael Johnson, and then, of course, to Khabib Nurmagomedov. And who, I mean, who beats Khabib? So, yeah, you know, no, you can't fault him for that. But man, loss, but, man, yeah. does he ever look good? Holy cow! Yeah, that was impressive. That was. Definitely an amazing performance, and and uh, I was talking with Jason Cameron yesterday, and and uh, he he said diamond a couple times, and then I'm like, oh man, that's why he's called diamond because it's you know the hardest service on the planet, and he just showed <laughs> you know how tough he is. Like he just he took so much, so many shots in those first couple rounds, and even in the you know next few rounds, he took so many shots, but he just kept coming and just putting it on Hooker and. And, uh, you know, coming back from being down, you know, uh, uh, on two, two of the fight judges' cards, he was down 2-0 and, you know, was able to pull out a victory. And, and it was just, uh, yeah, it was, to me, it was one of the fight, best fights I've seen. And it was just, it just constantly got better and better and better as the fight went on. Yeah, and I'm, I'm going to have to watch it again for a third time because, you know, you just see the experience in Poirier. I mean, he was calm. And every time he would take a shot, though, he would make Hooker pay for it. Yeah, yeah, totally. you know. So that I mean, aside from that second round where where Hooker really, really, you know, took care. But you know, I was surprised to see Hooker even trying to. You, you know, I think Hooker was getting tired at the end because he started trying to shoot, trying to do a little bit of uh, uh, groundwork. I mean, and Dustin Poirier is a legit Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt, so um, definitely on the ground, Poirier. I mean, even when, when Hooker did have Poirier down, Poirier was fighting from the guard, looking for, looking for submissions, looking for triangles. You know, Poirier is – like, I, I, I was never a big fan of his at, at 145. I kind of thought he was going to be one of those, one of those uh, gatekeepers. Man, he's one of my favorite fighters to watch now. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh... I, I've been so impressed with, uh, you know, his difference in, in caliber and, you know, the, the amazing fights that he's been, been in since he, he has moved to this weight class. And, 
And um, yeah, I mean, and the, the, the maturity the he shows in the yeah. ring and outside in the octagon and outside the octagon. I mean, he's, he's good for the sport. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that because it was something that I really wanted to talk about that Forrest Griffin humanitarian award that he was um, acknowledged as the inaugural recipient. Uh, I, I was, I was really excited to see that. Uh, and they, they went in a little bit to um, his humanitarian stuff around his community, but uh, wow, I, I, I researched more into it and holy cow, I can't believe all the things that he's done in the last two years with his foundation and his wife um, yeah, around their you know, community, even into Africa, they've been helping people, they've been um, feeding homeless and helping out families and oh my God, it's just on and on and on and on. And uh, you know, uh, Forrest Griffin has been known for that most of his life and he's one of my favorite guys. And it's so nice that award was named in his honor and then given to Poirier, who's, you know, amazing fighter, but even better outside the cage. So pretty incredible. Yeah. I mean, what he's doing is uh, he's auctioning off his fight kit. I mean, I think he started that with UFC 211, they said, and uh, all the proceeds for that go to the, the food harvest, the food bank. I mean, the guy is just, you know, he, it's, he's so, it's something that the sport needs. We haven't seen someone like, like this since, uh, really since GSP and uh, you know, Poirier is a type of type of guy that, you know, you can build a sport around. I mean, he's, he's, he's talented. He's a family man. He's, he's awesome at the sport and he's, and he's doing all the philanthropy. He's doing everything right. Yeah. And, and when you see him in the post fight interview, he's very mature. He, he's talking about, you know, just trying to, you know, take care of himself as well as be a fighter, you know, and, and you, you can see it in the cage. I mean, after a nine month layoff, no one should look that good. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. No, I even heard that he paid for uh, all the tabs of everybody at the, the local uh, hamburger place where they show the UFC. He said, uh, everybody free meals and free drinks on me for the whole entire place. So, you know, it was pretty, must be pretty fun to live in his hometown and be able to go and get a you know free night watching him, him fight. And you know what? It rubs off on people. I mean, when he started doing this, uh, he and Nurgam Madoff, sorry, not good with his name, but uh, yeah, Khabib and, and Dustin exchanged shirts uh, after their, their title fight. And, you know, Poirier auctioned off Khabib's shirt to go for charity. And, mm-hmm. and Khabib did the same thing, auctioned off Poirier's shirt and then sent the money to Poirier's charity. Wow. So, yeah, you know, it great. rubs off on other, on, other, on other fighters. And it's just, it's good. It's it's good for the sport. Yeah. And Poirier's shirt actually got a hundred grand. while I think uh, Khabib's only got 60,000. So, you know, people like him, people are respecting him. Yeah, no, he's popular and, and it's great. And it, it's great that he's, he's uh, realized, you know, how, how his popularity can bring in so much money to foundations and then have that money to spread out to the charities. Um, this, this particular award, he got a $25,000 check that he could contribute to the charity of his choice. And, um, I, I received a, a message, uh, of support from Forrest Griffin, um, just before launching this podcast. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm super thrilled at, at the level of, um, quality of so many of these fighters. And I hope people, you know, get to know these guys outside of what they do for a living. Uh, they're, they're, a lot of them are just amazing human beings and a lot of them come from some tough backgrounds. And now that they've got the platform, they've got the money, they've got the notoriety and fame and ability to raise funds, 
they contribute so much back to their inner cities and the areas that they're from. And, uh, you know, it, it helps so much around for them. And yeah, I, I love it. I, I've got Forrest, Forrest Griffin's book right in front of me. I recommend <laughs> it. It's one of the, one of my favorite reads and, and, uh, he, um, you know, he, he, he started this many years ago and it's great to see other guys uh, jumping on and, and using this platform to help out. Yeah. It, and you're right. I mean, it's, it's actually fun to watch the fighters and get to know them a bit, which is a good segue into our uh, co-main event because uh, people got to know a little bit about Mike Perry too, at the end of that one, we'll talk about that, but uh, Oh, oh man, did, did Mike Perry look good? Wow. I, wow. I can't believe how how good he looked, and this is a guy who didn't have any kind of any kind of camp. He's had, doesn't have a team right now, and uh, man, he he had his girlfriend in his corner. He didn't even have any any coaching staff. So I don't know if you if you ever saw between the rounds there, there you know the cameras on them, and she's saying you're doing great. He's like, all right, sounds good. <laughs> you know? But uh, no, boy, that, that, he, that's actually got a lot of press uh, since he decided that he wasn't going to bring any cornermen in. I've never seen that. Uh, I've no. been following fighting my whole entire life, and I've never seen a guy walk into a fight with zero corner people. Um, he doesn't have a team, so I guess he thought, well, what am I going to do? Uh, and uh, because of this pandemic and the way that they're being so restrictive on bringing, allowing people into the arena, uh, he wouldn't have even had any family members there, no girlfriend. And uh, so he thought, okay, well, I guess I can make her a corner person and come in and uh, help me. But, you know, to be able to um, dominate like he did and uh, just look so good, like physically, he looked phenomenal. Uh, every, you know, everywhere the fight went, he was super dominant and just, you know, was able to really, really shine. And uh, yeah, it's going to help his career boost him up after two straight losses coming in and doing that. It was amazing. Unbelievable. I mean, he, not only did he, we all know he's a he's a, a good striker. I mean, he had a he has a boxing background, but he dominated Mike Mickey Gall on the ground. Yeah. And he twice, I believe, got uh, got into full mount on Mickey Gall and was just raining down elbows on him. And Mickey Gall is a Brazilian Jiu Jitsu black belt who's known who's known for his grappling. And everyone said, well, if Mickey Gall's just got to stay long and take him to the ground, Mike Perry didn't care. Mike Perry took him to the ground and did whatever he wanted to. I mean, Mike Perry looked good. He looked, he looked, not only did he look uh, physically ready, but he was mature. He, he, he didn't do that. Like you always say, get in a phone booth and start swinging. I mean, he, he looked, he looked great. Yeah. And uh, yeah. you know, at the end of it, he's got to find a team. So he's, he did a call out looking for anyone <laughs> looking for a team to go to. So he's talking about going down to South Florida. So maybe, joining the old old black zillions or uh american top team down there i don't know but uh if that guy can get a, a good solid team with them and like you said he's looking for a team of friends i guess he's had you know bad luck in in the past but uh you know he was with that jackson wing for a bit and excel for a while but you know it's uh if that guy can find a good team and a good support system he'll he'll be uh a much better fighter and uh he'll be he'll be unstoppable yeah yeah i've i have been a little critical of mike perry a little bit in the past just uh he uh, i think he uh he maybe shouldn't talk so much outside the cage because he definitely can come across a bit of like a thug and i i, I prefer fighters that you know use their smarts and use their platforms uh for good and not not come across as 
somebody that's just, you know, just a um, kind of a gangster type of thug. And I, I, I really, ha- you know, cringe a lot of times when you hear him and say this stuff, but um, you know, he, he really impressed me and, you know, I, I definitely got a lot more respect for him, for him. I, I just wonder how teams will react to the, him not having a corner. Um, you know, a guy doesn't want to train somebody for months and months and months and then not have the ability to get paid by um, going to a fight. Um, you know, we'll see, you know, if he gets any backlash from the MMA industry, you know, doing that. Because, uh, you know, uh, you know it, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of um, no no glory, uh, no money. You know, if you, you don't get paid, uh, you know, it's, it's tough, you know, if you – you know, to uh, support a guy. So, well, you know, I, I, some, something uh, went sideways at Jackson Wink. I mean, something is, I don't know, something's, something's not right down there. I mean, after Cowboy Cerrone left, Cowboy was, was really critical because it was actually during his training for Mike Perry that Perry joined Jackson Wink. And he's, and, you know, it sounded like Winkle John didn't even care. He, he that two opposing fighters he wasn't trying to keep them separate or anything like that and the way uh cowboy serrani talked about it is that you know if your person wanted to go in there and pay 150 bucks a month they'll they'll train anybody they're not too too worried about uh the fighters themselves so i don't know i mean if, if you watch the post-fight press conference uh mike perry was was you know was about as vulnerable as i've ever seen him right you know talking yeah. about how he's you know can't control his can't get in control of his finances he's you know looking for a team and he's kind of lost right now so that that's the most vulnerable we've seen mike perry so if he if he gets in with the right guys you know he he seems like he 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 wants a team he wants to improve and wants to get control of his life so yeah let's hope hopefully yeah. he can find someone you know i know uh i know a few fighters reached out to him after that and including uh coach Kavanaugh, but i don't know if he's going to I don't want to make the journey over to SB, SBG over there, but, uh, you know, but it's, he looked as vulnerable as I've ever seen him. Right. Yeah. Well, speaking of vulnerable, um, Maurice green after his, uh, when, uh, surprising went over John Volante, it's surprising just, uh, in the sense of it was a unique choke. Uh, I, I, I couldn't believe how hard it was for Maurice to compose himself. He uh, felt like he was in jeopardy of losing his job and, and not being able to support his family and uh, pulled out that huge win over Volante, who was moving up from light heavyweight to heavyweight. And um, I, I was pretty shocked by the, the tap that happened there. Yeah, I, I, I got it. I mean, I got to agree with the, um, you know, with the commentators and all of them said they'd never seen any that, that, really be a choke so i i'm not sure it wasn't an ezekiel he didn't have his his fist in there or anything he just i think uh volante just kind of gassed out and just sort of tapped out of exhaustion more than anything you know i mean if dominic cruz says that's not a submission then i'm, I'm going to take his word for it you know <laughs> but uh yeah i don't know volante i mean he came in at 255 and this is a guy who usually fights at 205 so he didn't he was uh he didn't look like he was in good shape there. So I don't know. I mean, if Delante wants to stay at heavyweight, he's got to get, you know, down to more, I think more like the 235 region. And uh, he's got to get the, I mean, more, I mean, don't, don't, don't get me wrong. Mo Green is, is, is hard to hit. He's a big guy. He's long, but 
but, but when Volante did did hit him, he you know he took him, he could knocked him out, almost knocked him out. So yeah, I don't know. It was a weird fight that one. It's 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 you know again, I was surprised too. I thought Volante was going to be he used his experience and was able to get in there and knock him out. But I mean, you could hear Volante's corner during between each round. They were furious with him. Yeah. They didn't. See, they just. They couldn't believe it was going this long. So, uh, I don't know what to say. I mean, yeah, it was. It was uh, I was, was surprised. It was, pretty, it was. So was I. I was very surprised. It, it, it was very it, so different from anything I've seen from Volante. Volante is uh, very very talented. Uh, he came in. I couldn't believe the the poncha around the middle. He you know he looked really out of shape and uh, and I the was, lack of aggression. I mean, yeah, I was really shocked. It was it was weird. I. I I didn't um, really get what was happening there, and um, but you know he he after um, uh, after Green had thrown the Superman punch and then he got him down and he was you know he was so close to finishing it, but yeah you're right he probably did get gassed out, but you know I'm I'm shocked that a guy with that much experience and, and that much wherewithal you know could maybe not be without oxygen for a few seconds and tap like um, you know. Uh, you know, we can last a long, long time without breathing. And, you know, there wasn't anything choking off uh, any blood or anything. So it, it was really bizarre. It's just like maybe he just didn't even really want to be there right from the beginning. So don't know. Yeah. it. I mean, they, they, they called it an arm triangle choke, but there was no – his arm wasn't it. I, I don't know. I have to watch it again and maybe uh, – I haven't seen any interviews with Delonte after. I want to see exactly what happened. But – it, it it to me that uh, was a tap from the from exhaustion and yeah. uh yeah i think he was down two rounds and uh he was definitely down two rounds so you know they were getting it was a a minute 15 left in the in the fight so i guess he just didn't feel like he had enough to uh to finish him so yeah, he tapped been, out yeah. well that leads me into the other heavyweight fight on the card and it's sort of closely linked to it because you know, you talk about Volante not being in shape, but we saw this Canadian tanner, the bulldozer Bozer. Yeah. And that guy looked in shape. He he looks like he looks like a he kind of looks like a bit of a you know light heavyweight, but you know, the shape that he was in and the uh, you know amazing knockout that he had, it was it was a complete one eighty from how Volante was. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't know. I, I can't remember what he weighed in at. I mean, they have him down as, as 260, but there's no way that guy was 260 in that fight. Um, but, uh, yeah, he definitely looks like a light heavyweight because he has the speed of the light heavyweight. And, uh, yeah, I mean, if that guy can uh, can keep it up, I mean, he's fighting out of Edmonton there over at, uh, at Frank Lee's Muay Thai. And uh, I, the uh, – He's got a big future in front of him. I mean, he looked—he looked awesome. <laughs> yeah, he looked so awesome, and and he said he had uh, never fought um, at that weight. He had dropped uh, ten pounds, and and he felt so quick. He thought uh, it was the way for him to take advantage of Philippe Lins from from Brazil, and and um, yeah, I mean, he he was so accurate with his punches. He looked just like amazing, amazing shape, and he just took advantage. He was able to hit him with a with a right stiffen him up and then just you know every other punch from that point forward until they stopped the fight was uh, it was on the money and and uh uh herb dean had to like really try to aggressively pull him off it was like a, a big barrel roll to get him but uh and then in the post fight uh 
interview, it was great. He called out Maurice Green and said, you know, they had had some words at the pool the night before and he had ducked them in August and he said, let's do this. And Green accepted after. So maybe they'll be able to do this this quick in Abu Dhabi as a late replacement or, you know, fit him into a card. Well, yeah, maybe. And if not, they're coming back to the apex, I think, for uh, they're coming back to Las Vegas for uh, the DC's fight coming up. So, you know, I don't I don't I don't think they'll be in uh, Abu Dhabi long. I mean, I think wow, what three or is it three or five events they have there? Four they events? Got four. Yeah. Four over two weeks. So like uh, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday. I think that's how they're they're making it. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I think uh, I think. For the remainder, I think the Apex Center will be the home for UFC. We'll see how it goes. I think they were in these uh, arrangements at the very beginning where they didn't think they were going to be able to get any sanctioning in the U.S. to fight. But now that they can do it at the Apex Center and the Athletic Commission in Vegas is letting them go ahead, I think that, I think you'll see the Apex Center sort of being the the main place. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, if they can get him back in there, I mean, he looked, he looked good. And I don't think he, he didn't take any damage at all, so he should be ready shouldn't be any suspension there he should be ready to ready to go at any time yeah yeah i'm excited uh, it's nice to see there was uh, a few losses by canadians on some of the previous cards and um it's nice to you know see uh, see him step up and uh yeah that he looked so great he looked uh, physically amazing and you know just so quick um you know i i think that is an advantage sometimes like guy like junior DeSantos did that he came in you know, usually around 225, 230 and was able to, you know, use that speed advantage and take, take control of a lot of fights and knock guys out as well. And, and, uh, you know, if you, you know, if you come in at the upper limit, 250, 260, 265, yeah, you got a ton of power, but you know, you can gas out quick and you just don't have have the same, uh, you know, quickness. So, you know, it's great. Yeah. I mean, that's that again, going back to that Volante, I mean, it's, I, I just, I, I can't, I'm speechless about how big he was. I mean, 255 from, from 205. He didn't even look like the same, same guy. No. Didn't have this, the speed or the, and obviously didn't have the endurance. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, Bozer looked, looked great. Yeah. So, uh, on, on the, um, on the card, there's a few other fights. Uh, you, you mentioned, uh, Rosa. Is there anything more that you want to talk about? Well, that fight, uh, it was a really, really impressive uh, performance. And, and Woodson, yeah, I think Woodson's, you know, going to be really good. Uh, he's young. It, he, that was, he was 7-0 and going into that fight, only got one loss. And I think he's got a great future. But it's nice to see a guy get a third opportunity and take advantage of it. And Rosa looked good with that Darsh choke. Yeah, Rosa looked really good. Again, he, but, you know, I, I think Woodson's still the story of that. I mean, that kid has is, is got – amazing hands and he's got a big future ahead and we're not we haven't seen the last of him apparently they were having trouble finding opponents for him for the last while because every guys just don't want to fight him he's hard to hit he's unorthodox i mean he's you know it's kind of like he's kind of like a bigger dominic cruz you know like he just he moves so quick and his hands are so good uh it's you know i'm excited i'm excited to see woodson fight again i mean I, i understand rosa got the win but See, a guy like Woodson can you can see he's gonna he's gonna learn from this he's gonna grow from it and he's gonna be a better fighter from it and and uh we haven't seen the last of him because he is he is his hands are so good yeah 
the this next slide I want to break down um, brings up a really interesting point for me, and it's happened quite a bit in these Vegas fights. There's been a lot of pullouts. It, it, ha it has happened over the history of the U.S. where there's some late pullouts, guys get injured, um, people can't make weight. Uh, there's you know issues and stuff. But the last four or five events have been uh, really interesting, where guys are getting calls on like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Hey, can you come and fight? Uh, th this late last fight, Jason, the vanilla gorilla wit got called on Thursday. Uh, I think it was something like nine hours later, he had to be on a flight to fly to Vegas to weigh in and then yeah. he's, he's fighting, uh, right away. And he, he, you know, he stepped in late notice. It's brutal. Uh, he only lasted 48 seconds and Takashi Sato knocked him out. I, I feel sorry for a guy having his opportunity and, and losing that quick, but Soto sure looked great out of Henry Hoofkamp. Yeah, Soto, I mean, that, this, that wasn't a surprise. I mean, again, no one knew, anything, knew, knew much about Jason Witt, but uh, Soto wanted to come out and make a statement. I mean, he lost his last fight to Bilal Muhammad, so, you know, he, he doesn't want to come in. And, and the, the problem was is that we've seen a lot of guys lose to these, these late newcomers this past week. So, you know, he doesn't want to be like uh, Camacho last week who got knocked out. Justin and, James knocked out. Yeah, exactly. Camacho, so, yeah. you know. Um, but yeah, I know Soto, uh, Takashi Soto looked, or Sato looked really good. Sato. Calm. Yeah. It looked really good. Calm. And, uh, you know, it's hard to say. I mean, you know, I'd like, I'd like to see him in some stiffer competition, you know, fight another guy like, uh, like, uh, Bilal Muhammad, uh, caliber fighter. And then we'll see what he's made of. Cause he already beat, he beat Ben Saunders, uh, uh, late last year also so you know he's 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 a young guy he's got a good future ahead of him too but um that's one thing i do like about the fights being in, at the apex center because they can get guys in from anywhere in the u.s kind of last minute i don't know if they're going to be able to do that if someone pulls out late in abu dhabi i don't I, it's going to be hard to find a replacement for him yeah well, I know that they had the Abu Dhabi because that was more of the international fighters. Um, they weren't being able to come into the U.S. So um, hopefully they've got uh, people on standby that they, they say, you know, if, if, if need be, are you ready? Um, uh, yeah, I, I know that there's American fighters fighting on those cards in Abu Dhabi, but I think that's, you know, a lot of the undercards are, are um, you know, international fighters and fighters that will be a lot closer. So. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, it, it's 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 a whole new animal with it being a you know ten mile bubble and, and well, that. and that's that's actually probably some of the good one of the good things is that because they have four events there, they can move guys around on the car. Because I think all those guys are there now. I mean, even Dana White wasn't wasn't in at, in Vegas for the for that last fight, so they're all over there now in that ten ten mile. Uh, or 10 kilometer radius where they there's no one else everybody gets their own training center all the teams are together so i think they can inter, inter move guys around so they had to bring someone from another car then they could replace someone later on sure. by bringing someone in and then still be able to make sure that they're quarantined and stuff like that yeah yeah you're right yeah uh, there's uh, one more fight on the main card. Uh, Brendan Allen uh, had the decision victory over Kyle Dachaus. Dachaus, yeah. Dachaus, yeah. Uh, have anything to, you know, um, bring to the table with that one? You know, Brendan Allen looked good. I mean, he's a young guy. He's only 24 years old. Um, 
you know, he's a black belt Brazilian jiu-jitsu, so, you know, he's a good ground fighter, you know, and uh, went to university uh, in Louisiana, so he's probably got a bit of a wrestling background there, but yeah, he looked good. I mean, you know, it, uh, he was on the, he came out of the contender series, I believe, is that correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, and so, I mean, you know, he's, he's, now that was his, third or fourth fight in the UFC so you know he hasn't lost yet since since uh, since coming to the UFC so you know he's young and he's gonna be fun to watch and that's what's great about these cards you're gonna see all these young guys you're gonna see these up-and-comers and you know it's it's open it's opened up a, a whole bunch of doors for a bunch of young fighters out there who were were hungry and yeah. and, and want to keep fighting so he's another guy you could, I wouldn't be surprised to see him on another card soon yeah yeah, it definitely has um, been a breath of fresh air bringing in a lot of these younger fighters or even even not necessarily young but un- unknown and fighting in other you know um, other uh, fight uh, promotions and and you know never having this opportunity but suddenly you know getting getting a chance and uh, we always talk about sometimes they, that um, at the upper echelon you know who's ever going to come and, and beat them because they've you know, the champ has beat everybody down the line and all of a sudden, boom, you know, we see some some new fighters who, you know, emerge and it's like, oh, okay, you know, he just has to maybe have two fights and has an opportunity soon. So, yeah, it's kind of neat. It's injected some new blood in into the UFC and uh, I'm finding it exciting. Uh, it's hard to find a lot of information about guys until they get into the UFC, but once once they're there, then, you know, they, they get their opportunity and some of them have been taking the, the bull by the horns and, and getting some really big wins. Well, this again goes back to what we talked about a, a couple of weeks ago with the, with the team sport. Cause uh, Brendan Allen comes out of, you know, Duke Rufus's camp, Duke Rufus's uh, Rufus sport. So, you know, when you got teams like this, they're constantly, they constantly got young guys coming up and, and a guy like Duke Rufus will know who's ready, who's ready to move up, who's ready for, you know, ready for prime time, as they say. I mean, didn't, didn't work out so so well the other the other week with uh you know with the controversy but you know it's it's yeah. it's pretty cool to see that these guys are all part of the same team and they all support each other and and yeah. uh, again that's why we've been talking about how this is a team sport yeah yeah i i saw an amazing workout today that uh, really blew me away it was Kamara Usman uh, training with Justin Gaethje. Gaethje, yeah. 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 Did you see any of that footage? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. I saw some of that. Yeah, they were really feeding each other there in, in the stomach. But uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Two, two champs, uh, you know, being able to compete against each other, it's pretty great. It, it you know, it's it's rare in, in this uh, sport. But uh, you know, Kamara Usman, uh, same camp as Gilbert Burns. Uh, you know, now they're they're facing each other in a championship fight and. Uh, yeah, I, I really can't wait until we get into really breaking down so many of these teams and, and really showing people, you know, the level, the caliber level on so many teams that are around the U.S. and around the world. It's going to be really, really fun to sort of show, uh, you know, the level of competition that they would be uh, facing on a daily basis and, and the guys trying to get you ready for your, your fights. It's, it's really neat. It's an a- aspect of the sport that I think is – under um publicized you know it's just not not out there enough yeah it's funny i mean the ufc tried to do something like like try to promote that a few years ago when they did the ultimate fighter when they did uh, american top team versus the black zillions mm-hmm. and for some reason that was the, the least popular um 
one of their uh, Ultimate Fighter series. So it's it's this they've tried to do something with that before, but uh, it's it's hard now. I mean, now with the uh, you know with the Reebok deal, you can't have you know. It'd be nice to have guys who are all wearing their own sort of team jerseys and stuff like that, you know, because yeah. what people don't know is that so many of these, uh, these events, they're, you know, use only like sometimes four or five different teams and they've got all their, all their guys competing against each other. So. Yeah. yeah quite often you'll see, you know, the same three guys on, on you know, three separate fights during the night. Uh, they've got three fighters, you know, three, four fighters that, that they bring from their team and, it's a way to for the UFC to uh, reduce costs a little bit and for the teams too as well and and bring them in and uh, yeah I think it's a neat aspect. Um, uh, another organization that's been trying to make it happen is that Professional Fighters League and Rory McDonald is one of the you know main faces of that league right now and and uh, I really enjoyed actually watching it and it, it and it did get quite a bit of viewership uh, on TSN and and wherever it was in the U.S. Um, being broadcast and uh I, I, they're they're not sure if they're going to be able to uh have any fights go with this pandemic and not having uh, people in the stands i just don't think they have the same clout as the usc but rory mcdonald uh, says that you know he really uh believes in it and thinks that you know it's it's the way of the sport to go so uh, we'll see if they can survive and and uh, have some fights coming up soon. It's going to be pretty neat. Did you ever see any of the PFL? You know, I haven't. I haven't seen any of it yet. Um, but uh, again, I, I think competition's good. I know that uh, you know UFC kind of dominates right now, and having Bellator there as well. But you know, there's 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 good quality fight leagues all over, you know, the world. You know, with with one and the EFN and stuff like that. I mean, so I think the more the more competition, the better. Yeah. And then it keeps, uh, keeps everybody on their toes, keeps everybody looking for the best, you know, quality competitions like that. But, uh, yeah, I haven't had a chance to see any of it yet, but, um, you know, yeah, let's, 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 uh, spend some time and, uh, we'll, we'll watch some together and we'll, uh, yeah, be able to break down some of the other leagues too. <coughs> Another league that comes to mind is the Invicta. And that's where a lot of these, uh, female fighters are coming out of. And uh, the two fighters that, that faced each other on the uh, earlier prelims card was Kay Hansen and Jin Yu Fry. And mm-hmm. Kay Hansen looked great. She's the youngest female on the card, 20 years old. And yep. uh, she said she got into the sport because of Ronda Rousey. And uh, she did her proud by giving a really great armbar uh, victory, uh, getting a really good armbar victory. And, uh, yeah, it was pretty impressive. Both those girls looked great. Yeah, I mean, uh, she looked really good. I mean, she looked really calm and composed for someone who is 20 years old. Um, you know, she she trains uh, under the 10th Planet Jiu-Jitsu, so the uh, um, so Eddie Bravo, Eddie Bravo, uh, you know, flat Earth. <laughs> kidding, <laughs> but uh, you know, yeah. So she looked, but for uh, for a purple belt, she looked awesome. You know, 20 years old, she looked really, really good. I was really, really impressed. Yeah, um, you know. Uh, the Invicta, I've been watching Invicta for years. I've always uh, enjoyed it. And, uh, yeah, it's nice to see some of the fighters that sort of come from Invicta over to the UFC. And uh, now the UFC is – I don't know if the UFC owns Invicta or, or if it's a subsidiary of uh, WME now. I'm not sure. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, there's good quality fights coming in, good fighters coming out of that out of that league for sure. Yeah. Well, Jin Yu Fry was actually the champion there. And, 
And uh, Kay Hansen said uh, she was really um, excited and a bit shocked that she was facing the former champion in her UFC debut. So, you know, they, they obviously thought highly of her to, um, you know, have her facing the former champ from the same league that they came from. Uh, but yeah, like the composure for a 20 year old, it doesn't happen in UFC. Usually these, these fighters aren't getting into the UFC until their mid twenties and even later. And, uh, you know, she looked, she, she didn't look like anything bothered her at all. I heard she runs two of the gyms for Eddie in California and you yeah. know, for a 20 year old to be doing that in a purple belt level, uh, super, super amazing. Like, wow. Yeah, you know, again, she's, like I said, for 20 years old, she looked great. She looked mature. I mean, Fry's been around a long time, too. I mean, she was actually stripped of the belt and Invicta, the atom weight division. So, you know, I would have thought that moving up to 115 down, because she used to fight at 105, I thought moving up to 115, she wouldn't have the weight cut to worry about. I was, I was expecting, you know, with her being the, you know, the, would have been the bigger fighter of the two, but you know, both, both small, small women, but yeah, it was a good, it was a good fight. And I'm, I was surprised. I mean, you know, uh, it's just it. If, if you're calm, mature, you know, things go your way. It just, she looked good. I mean, uh, Kay Hansen just kept at it. And yeah. Yeah. And I, I guess Ronda Rousey uh, reached out to her after, uh, cause she had heard that, she was her, her hero growing up and uh, Rhonda, you know, extended uh, congratulations and, you know, uh, hopefully she gets an opportunity to meet her. And uh, yeah, Rhonda's a pioneer in the sport and it's great to see, uh, you know, that that's something that I've always noticed. Um, you know, these, these uh, fighters that reach the upper echelon and then all of a sudden 10 years later, 15 years later, all of a sudden we start seeing the uh, people that were influenced by them and, you know, they were able to, you know, make their way up to the sport. And, and, uh, yeah, all of a sudden, you know, these fighters can look back and say, Oh, wow. Congratulations. Uh, and you know, to know that they were that influencing factor to bring them into the sport and now they're having success too. It's pretty, it must be pretty cool for the, the former fighters like Ron. Yeah. And one thing that's pretty cool, what they're doing right now, which the UFC didn't before is that they're showing the tweets of all the fighters and all the, people as the fights are happening and uh, i mean it's or you know between the rounds and uh it's pretty awesome and every everybody is watching these fights the whole world from all sporting uh sporting world i mean this is this is the only thing that's going so uh, the viewership must the, the the television viewership must be just through the roof yeah for sure yeah you're right yeah it's it's a neat element to that uh seeing those those tweets and they are coming from all different types of people and entertainment industry, music industry, different sports. Uh, yeah, it's been fun. I, I, I like it. And I, I, you know, I don't want to be distracted too much by it, but you know, I just keep seeing them coming up through the, through the fights in between rounds. And uh, yeah, it's a neat element to it. It's adding And I think it's engaging more people too, which is uh, something that they'd love to do. I want to break down uh, the first fight of the night. Um, Jordan native psycho Griffin against Yusuf, the Moroccan Devils allow that was um, that was a lot of fun though those those two guys uh, really um, you know were very talented there was a lot of movements uh, you know a lot of try, uh, attempted takedowns that were stuffed and then you know finally there was some takedowns uh, it, it was a good fight I, I really liked that start off the card yeah I mean it was good I mean I'd never seen Zalal fight before had you no never no, no yeah so I mean it was nice to see I mean he uh, 
he looked good. And, you know, he didn't get the win, but, uh, you know, I mean, it, overall, I mean, I, you know, Jordan Griffin, both these guys, I think, was it their, both of them with their UFC debut? I believe so, yeah. yeah. So, you know, it, it was entertaining. Like, and uh, it's nice to see stuff that's, like, back and forth and and – it, it was awesome. I mean, like the whole yeah. like the whole card was like that. Yeah, they did give Zalal the unanimous decision, and actually, he got twenty nine, twenty eight to to. Oh, rounds pardon me. One. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah you're right. Zalal beat Zalal did sorry, get yeah. him, but uh, yeah, but yeah, nice nice fight to start the card. Uh, I was pretty impressed with two guys making the USC de- debut. They 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 showed composure as well as what we were mentioning earlier, and um, yeah, they, I. I look forward to you know more opportunities for both of them. I, I think they both did really well and went to in decision. But yeah, it was great. And uh, any more comments about the Kama Worthy Luis Pena fight? Uh, what, uh, what what what's your final takeaways from that one? Well, I mean, we're I mean, Kama Worthy. I mean, he that was just pure grit. And uh, I mean, after he got that uh, that guillotine on uh, Pena, he goes over to uh, whoever I don't know who it was. Uh, I guess Dana White wasn't there. Maybe it was Sean Shelby screaming, "I'm for real! I'm for real!" I mean, he looked good. I mean, he yeah. was like he looked he looked really good. And uh, I mean, Pena. I mean, he's a young up and comer, and he's got a good he's got a good uh, a good you know career ahead of him. But man, worthy. Just I mean, and. Worthy got a much much deserved um, uh, win out of it. I was going to say he got. The, I thought maybe he got the uh, bonus, but it wasn't. It was uh, Rosa and uh, and Kelly K Hansen that got the bonus. But uh, Worthy looked good. I mean, he mm-hmm. just no quit. And you know, I don't think I think everybody had Pena. You know, winning the, winning the fight. You know, the violent Bob Ross. You know, I was, I was that's who I was expecting as well. But uh, Conor Worthy looked really good. Oh man, did he ever? Yeah, yeah, impressive. Yeah, he's 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 got the full toolbox, and yeah, it's uh, yeah, it was an amazing performance. I thought so. Yeah, um, is there anything else that we haven't covered in your mind? Is there anything else that we should talk about before we uh, look ahead a little bit to two fifty one in a couple weeks? No, no, we we've been we went through that whole uh, whole card pretty pretty yeah. good there. Yeah, that's that it was. Uh, it was know, fun. It was so fun. Yeah. In, incredible fun. It, it made my whole weekend, uh, really happy. Uh, that, that Saturday night was fantastic. I, I watched it live and I, um, have watched, uh, numerous fights from the card since. And, uh, you know, that if you haven't seen, uh, the Poirier hooker fight, please do not miss it. Go and watch it. Uh, there's lots of, um, ways of watching it. Uh, I, I like watching, you know, obviously fight pass, um, you know, has an opportunity to, Watch it. If you don't uh, belong to Fight Pass, MMAcore.com is a really great way to watch a lot of fights. Um, YouTube can show, you know, highlights and, you know, different rounds and things. But, uh, yeah, watch it, please. It, it's one of the, the best fights. You'll be uh, really, really impressed. I, um, uh, you know, I, I can't uh, t- you know, tell you enough that these, these two guys really just went to war. And it, it was it was just a, a brilliant display of a will to win by Poirier and, and both of them, you know, they're they're you know they have very 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 bright futures in the UFC going forward. I, I, and that's not the last time we're going to see those two fight. I mean, you even saw them when they were shaking hands at the end. There, it's uh, there's uh, there's some unfinished business, I think, in Hooker's mind there. So I I, I think that uh, this, this you'll see these guys fight again. <laughs> yeah, uh, I've heard that uh, Tony Ferguson. 
uh, I think is going to be up for hooker next. Uh, kind of uh, the rumors that I've been hearing this the last couple of days. And um, Poirier, uh, I don't know if he can wait that long to um, face the uh, winner, of, uh, you know, out of the Khabib fight. So uh, I'm not sure what's next for Poirier. But um, yeah, I think uh, the Ferguson hooker fight should be. Uh, unbelievable if they can pull you know put that together and uh, that that's the rumors I'm hearing had did you had you heard that yeah I hadn't I hadn't heard that one yet but uh man would that ever be a good fight holy smokes <laughs> like that, yeah. would, that would be crazy I know yeah yeah it makes me excited just uh just saying it so um but yeah let's look ahead uh, a couple weeks to the UFC 251 um we we talked about it briefly a couple weeks ago but uh let's just touch on it briefly uh we've got three title fights on the card and we might as well start with the main event kamara usman and gilbert burns uh former teammates uh maybe still teammates but yeah i don't i actually haven't heard uh, how they've broken down the the camp for that but uh yeah that's that that's gonna be you know another fight of the year for sure yeah i know everybody wanted uh jorge masvidal to get the shot but i think gilbert burns deserves it that uh, performance against Tyron Woodley, he looked, he looked great. Uh, he hasn't lost since moving uh, up to welterweight. Uh, he's, you know, and he's beaten, you know, uh, Damian Maya and, uh, you know, a, the former champ. So, I mean, he's definitely the guy I think who's, who deserves to be next in line. Usman though, I mean, he is, he is going to be hard to beat. I don't, I don't know. I mean, cause Usman's a much bigger, bigger fighter than Gilbert Burns, and uh, I, you know, it's it's. I just can't see anybody on, on beating Usman right now. I mean, he's just he looked so good in his last few fights, and uh, he's he's very unassuming. That's the thing, you know. You think it's like he like just controls the pacing and and just lures guys into into the fight that he wants, and uh, you know, I, I think I think. Burns is going to have a tough time with him. I mean, he looked so good against Colby Covington. So good. Wow. And, uh, you know, and, and to finish him that late in the fifth, I mean, it looked good. He looked good against Tyron Woodley, against Rafael Dos Sanchos, you know, Damian Maya. I mean, the guys, the guys fought everybody. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah, they, I, I, yeah. I mean, he said, he, he had said one loss again in his second, when he, I think his, his loss was, uh, let me look it up here. Two thousand. Guy hasn't lost since 2013, and it was the second second pro fight. So, Amazing, yeah. you know, like yeah, Usman is he's the real deal. Yeah, you know, I I believe that guys like Usman um, have been able to come in and, and dominate the sport because of a guy like John Jones. You know, a different type of style of fighter than we ever saw at at light heavyweight when John Jones came in. Uh, Israel Adesanya, you know, reminds me of of a smaller version of Jones, uh, Usman, you know, the same type of thing. They, they just seem to be these hybrid fighters that are so quick, uh, so agile. Uh, they've got, they, you know, they've got power, but, uh, you know, they're so difficult to hit, take down when they, you know, wherever the fight goes, they seem to be dominant at it. And, uh, you know, they're just rising up to the top and it, it's, you know, it's, it's crazy how unbeatable they, they, they do seem at times. Yeah. You know, and, and that's just it. I mean, maybe I'm, I'm underestimating Burns, but I, I you know, I, I remember Gilbert Burns is a guy who got knocked out by Dan Hooker, you know, uh, not that long ago. So, 
you know, it, it's, it's hard to say. I mean, he's looked so good since moving up to welterweight. I think that weight cut down to 155 was just, was just too much for him, you know, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I mean, he's, he's, it's, it's the right fight to make. And uh, I, I have Usman. If I was a betting guy, I would take Usman, but uh, you never know. Yeah. I mean, burn, I, I, I was surprised at how well he, how well and how much he controlled Tyron Woodley. So, yeah. And, and Woodley was passionate going into that fight too. So, yeah, yeah I think Burns is a, is a pit bull. Uh, you know, he has a, he definitely has a really legitimate shot at it. It is the fight to make uh, Masvidal. Yeah, maybe, but no, I, I, I agree with the UFC and how they've made this. Um, I, 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 I definitely uh, would side with, who's been on this, but, uh, we've seen, you know, some big upsets in the past few years and, uh, you, you just really never know. And that's why we watch them. Uh, let's go to the co-main event with both Kanofsky Holloway too. Um, is there any way that, uh, Max can change up the game plan enough to take Volkanovsky out in your opinion? Well, you know, Volkanovsky worked that front leg and then, uh, you know, led with the front leg and then, uh, use combinations to push, Holloway backed against the cage and didn't let, uh, he didn't let uh, Holloway control the center of the octagon at all. So Holloway has got to, has got to be able to, to figure that out. He's got to be able to stay long. He's a much bigger fighter than Volkanovski. He's got to be able to stay long and keep his back off the, off the cage. He's got to use good movement and uh, check those leg kicks. Um, Cause Volkanovski, again, he's a powerful, powerful guy. And uh, you know, he's, got good wrestling he's got you know he's gonna be a guy who's gonna be hard to knock down because he's got that you know that that type of stance that makes him really 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 tough to take down so i think that he's gonna have to stay long and watch out for that leg kick and keep it in the middle of the octagon he gets his back up against the the cage and uh you know vocal he gets on the inside i don't think he's, he's gonna have a long night ahead of him but yeah you know. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I've, you know, I've been impressed with the, the blessed era that we've seen. Max Holloway has, uh, you know, uh, dominated uh, so many opponents over the years. And, uh, you know, a lot of times people weren't expecting him, uh, you know, to be able to win. Um, Brian Ortega was, you know, a typical example. I think, he, you know, he, everybody thought Ortega was taking it and Holloway looked amazing. And Yeah, uh, I, I just, mean, I had Ortega going into that fight too. I mean, again, maybe I'm just bias because he's a jujitsu guy but man you know like holloway though i think i think that the, the the cut is i think this is the wrong division for him i think if he loses this fight which i believe he will you'll see him go up to 155 i know he he did that with the poirier he didn't it didn't go his way but um i think this this is a tough cut down to 145 you know he's getting to be almost 30 now he's 511 so he's he's not he's not a small guy you yeah. know so I think, you know, lightweight's probably where he needs to be. You know, we, you know, if you look at Volkanovski, Volkanovski is only 5'6". You know, so he's, a, you know, going to be a little bit of a rock to hit out there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, Volkanovski just looks so good against, uh, against Holloway. And, and we've seen some holes in, the, in Holloway's game the last – last couple of fights, you know, with, with the Poirier fight and with this uh, last Volkanovski fight. So yeah. I, I think that, uh, you know, he's got to, he's got to go back to, to 155 if he doesn't win this. 
Yeah, that's a smart move, and you know, I think it's inevitable if he he, he can't take it, he 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 kind of has to. Um, yeah, I mean, it didn't go well with Poirier, but uh, you know, he's he's had you know so many huge fights and and uh, been able to be pretty dominant in in almost all of them. So uh, Volkanovski, yeah, just so compact, uh, just so difficult to bring down, and just um, yeah, I mean, you know, like you say, those calf kicks were ruthless. So. Hopefully they can figure out a defense for it and he can check them and, and uh, not have that, you know, front leg compromised like it was. And uh, I, I hope Holloway, you know, really shows, uh, you know, shows the best Holloway we've ever seen. And I, I would love him to take the victory uh, so we can maybe have a trilogy fight and, uh, you know, he's able to recapture the glory. And uh, But I think it's going to be a great fight. Uh, no doubt about it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I- Anytime Holloway gets into the into the octagon, I mean his fights are amazing. Yeah. You know, I mean he's a guy who he, that's just it. He's he's a guy who usually likes to control the pace. He's a guy who usually likes to control the control the fighters and and get them to fight his game. And Volkanovski just wasn't going to do that. He just stuck to his game plan and and was able to push him back against the cage. So if if Holloway can make the the right adjustments, which are going to be hard to do against a guy like Volkanovski. You know he should be, he should be able to do it. But I, I just Volkanovski just looks so good in every one of his fights. I just he's one of those guys when you when you I don't know if you, when you first see him, he just I mean he's like a, he's like a rugby player out there. You know just moving forward and and so fast and so unorthodox and so hard to hit. And he's just I mean he, he he's beat everybody too. I mean he's fought Jose Aldo and beat him. He beat Max Holloway. He's beat Chad Mendez. You know he beat Darren Elkins. You know, he's beat all – he's it, – it was it, this is his time, I think. Yeah, yeah uh, Volkanovski, I believe, was a Aussie Rules football player, and that's, uh, you know, <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's the other uh, <clears throat> uh, sport that he was involved in. So, um, yeah, I mean, you got to be a very, very tough guy to compete in that sport. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, this low center of gravity, just solid as a rock, and – and uh, yeah, I think he might be in for a long uh, run as the the champ of that division. And uh, you mentioned Jose Aldo; he's fighting for the belt. Uh, Peter Yan. Um, I don't see Yan losing. I think he's just uh, just too unbelievable these days. And so, uh, yeah, there's two there's two guys in the UFC that that that, that scare me. You know, well, you know, and Peter Yan is a if it's a scary dude. Him and Khabib are probably the two most scariest guys in the UFC. I mean, Peter Yan just uh, I don't know, man. Every time he goes in the ring or into the octagon, excuse me, he looks like he's gonna kill somebody. <laughs> like he is I don't know. I mean, Jose Aldo's got the experience, Jose Aldo's been through it all, but man, Peter Yan is just it just I don't know. He looks like he'd be if he, if he doesn't beat you with his hands, he's going to take out a gun and shoot you or something. I don't know. <laughs> that guy scares me. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah. Well, hopefully Aldo doesn't get any intimidated by him. Uh, Aldo was on, uh, you know, a phenomenal winning streak for many, many years. And then Connor, um, you know, was able to expose him. Uh, he's had uh, a few ups and downs in the last little while. But, um, yeah, that experience, um, you know, and, and who he trains with in Brazil, um, you know, it should bode for him well to, you know, have a, you know, be able to put up a really, really good fight. Uh, I'm, you know, I, I'm really unsure of this one, but, uh, you know, 
Yan is, uh, yeah, one scary individual. And it looks like, you know, if, if he can take out Aldo and, you know, bring on all the, all the comers, uh, you know, he might be hard to topple off the throne. Yeah. And I just, I, again, it's just, how's I, I know you and I saw a bit differently. I know you had him beating Moraes, but I think the weight cut for, for Jose Aldo is, is going to be tough. I mean, yeah. getting down to 135. Uh, you know, from a guy who was a big, big one, he was a big 145, not not as big as Connor or anything, but, you know, he's he's a guy I would have thought I would have seen going to 155 rather than going the other direction. So we'll see how that weight cut is. But Peter Yan, I mean, that guy, I mean, that guy knocked out Uriah Faber in the third round with a head kick. I mean, it's right. he's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, it's going to be really fun. Um, there's, you know, other fights on the card, but let's just stick with those those three for now. We can uh, maybe do a preview call or, you know, definitely just uh, break it down after it's done. Uh, Absolutely. It's, it's, yeah, it's going to be, uh, you know, it, it's the, the biggest uh, pay-per-view we've seen since the, uh, since the pandemic hit. And, uh, you know, so many guys chomping at the bit, you know, it's great that we get three championship fights on the same card. That's, that's a pretty rare feat. And, and uh, I, I yeah. am, I am very curious though, to watch the Jessica Andrade Rose Navanunas rematch. I mean, yeah. that's, I want to see how Rose comes back, yeah. um, and see how she fights because that, that's, that's going to be a, that's going to be a good, good women's fight also. Yeah. I saw her talking to Ariel today and, uh, uh, yeah, she she seems really dedicated and uh, you know wants to right that wrong against uh, Jessica and um, yeah I, I I'm I'm excited for it too yeah she hasn't been seen for you know a good seven eight months or something like that and uh, yeah well uh, I, I think it, it's gonna be uh, something that you don't want to miss yeah you're right yeah yeah it's gonna it's gonna be fun there's a lot of good fights in that car and there's a lot of guys who I like I said. Uh, you know, we talked about uh, guys I don't I don't know. You know, so uh, again, that's that's going to be fun to see. Totally, yeah. And it's a big card too. I mean, it's 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 about uh, you know five or six fights bigger than the ones we've been used to the last few weeks. So, right, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Were... Reserve reserve your whole day for it. <laughs> yeah. Well, did you hear that they are um, actually starting the main card at six a.m. in Abu Dhabi? Yeah, I mean, that's pretty standard. I mean, uh, is it? Are they doing it at seven PM Pacific though? Is that because usually they they do it Vegas time for the gambling? You know, for the yeah. mm -hmm. so that's that's not unusual. Oftentimes when they're fighting in um, in Brazil, they're uh, they're starting at like one in the morning, middle of the middle of the night. Yeah, yeah, crazy. Yeah. So yeah, so yeah. This, yeah, I think the main card's at six. Uh, the prelims uh, might have to start around the three AM or something like that. So it's gonna be pretty uh tough for fighters uh and you know especially the american fighters or you know the people come from north america heading over there uh, you know the body clock is gonna get have try to get adjusted to the jet lag and then all of a sudden you know fighting in the in the middle of the night like that it's kind of weird yeah i think they're all they're all over there now and they're probably on i mean I think places like Abu Dhabi and Dubai, places are kind of like Vegas. They're kind of like always going all, all the time. Now, I don't know is uh, the arena's open air or not, because that's another thing I'm wondering with the heat, how yeah. that's going to start affecting guys also. I don't believe it is, no. I, uh, I I heard Dana White saying that he doesn't uh, 
He doesn't want to deal with any of the elements ever, so that's why Perfect. he doesn't want any fights outdoors or anything. Well, like I, that. I remember they did one fight uh, when they did that fight for the troops in Abu Dhabi. It was open air, and it was—I mean, the guys were. I remember the commentators were saying in their suits they were just drenched by the end of it. Wow, and that, I guess probably another reason why it's good to have the card so early. You know, the heat uh, won't won't be you know affecting it as much. So. Yeah, it's uh, it's too bad that they have to have that over here. So you know, it, it pleases us over here, over there for pleasing us here. But uh, you know, I'm I'm happy when it's a seven o'clock card. You you've been mad the last couple of weeks that it's been five o'clock card, and you, you I don't know. get to see it until later on. Yeah, I know the seven o'clock starts are awesome. I mean, you know, I've been so used to you know being a hockey fan growing up, have everything on uh, center of the universe Toronto time. You know, we get shafted over here so often so it's nice to have stuff finally you know working off the pacific coast yeah definitely yeah yeah so uh yeah to me i think we've broken it down uh, i don't think there's anything we haven't covered so uh it's been wonderful as usual scott uh, thanks so much uh, this was a lot of fun and always is uh thanks for your time today yeah sounds good we'll talk uh just try and talk before the fight uh and uh, it's going to be fun. I'm, I'm excited. I, I, I thank goodness the UFC's back. You know? know. Yeah, it was a, it's, it was a, it was not a good hiatus for me. I, I missed it too much. Yeah. No, I know. You know, the only other exciting thing was watching that crazy NHL draft or uh, draft lottery. I mean, <laughs> that was anyway. dumb. Was it? Was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. But thanks, yeah. buddy. Yeah. Thank All the you. best. Have a great week. We'll talk soon. Thanks. Talk okay. To you later. Yeah. Take care. Bye for now. Bye. Okay. There it is. Another podcast in the books. Fantastic uh, breakdown from Scott. Uh, wow. It's approaching like an hour and a half here and uh, felt like, felt like half an hour to me. That was just great. So fun to talk the UFC with Scott Holborn. He, you um, really has a, Awesome perspective, uh, follows uh, so many aspects of the fight game. Uh, I can't wait to do a breakdown of the teams with him and and uh, talk about some of the other organizations and stuff like that that people don't know. Uh, it's funny when you see um, sports listed. It'll, um, it'll list NHL, NFL, NBA, MLB, and then it'll say UFC. And uh, it's like, oh, okay, interesting. Like, they don't, um, you know, it's it's – just called the sport UFC. It's not MMA, which is the sport, you know, we're talking hockey, we're talking football, baseball. Uh, UFC is just, um, you know, the preeminent organization, but you would not believe how many fight organizations are out in the world. It's um, unbelievable. Uh, Every city has uh, three, four, uh, even small towns have fight, uh, or, or, you know, fight promotions that, Put on fights and uh so they're you know they're fighting around the world uh people trying to get in scott and i were talking about all these uh newcomers in the last few weeks that have emerged and uh you know then there's the, the ones that we we love like dustin the diamond poirier and dan hooker you're like holy cow yeah they are at the top of the profession and and hadn't been able to you know really bring to the table some of the greatest fights we've ever seen in our history. And, uh, yeah, we appreciate it guys. Uh, hopefully your hospital stay was short and, uh, we can see you back into the cage really soon. 
Uh, thanks so much to all of you for watching, for listening. Um, another edition of the Complete Sports Media Podcast is coming to a close. Uh, love you. I can't uh, wait to see you again. Please tune in, tell your friends, subscribe, and uh, download these podcasts. And uh, yeah, keep keep coming back for more. I'm, I'm going to just keep giving you content, and we're going to really have a lot of fun. So love you. As I said, take care. Bye for now.